0: This is SR1. All right, everybody, here we go. Today is Sunday, July 2nd, 2023. My name is Rob Carter. Thanks for joining us here at SR1 and News Talk STL. I got a great story for you. All right. As you know, if you've been a long-time listener of the show, I like to debate people. I'm always trying to get people to come in and have a conversation with me. Not about winning the debate necessarily, but about having the debate. You find out how little people who talk about politics actually understand what they're talking about. And today, we are going to bring in local personality Kevin Slayton into the conversation. Uh, For those of you who don't know who Kevin Slayton is, Kevin Slayton has been around St. Louis Sports for 40-something years. Uh, I was a fan of Kevin Slayton. He was the public address announcer for the St. Louis Steamers, and I had season tickets when I was a kid. I'm joined by Phil, my producer. Phil, I believe you were a fan of the St. Louis Steamers. Oh, were you not? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and Kevin Slayton was the PA announcer. So if you remember back when the Steamers were very popular in St. Louis, they, they I think they had more fans than the Blues at the time. Uh, indoor soccer, M-I-S-L was the name of the league, and Kevin... At the beginning of the Steamers games, if you remember it, they would have the steam out and all the players would run through the steam and he would interna- uh, introduce each of the players. Emilio Romero, that kind of thing. And it was this long, drawn-out introduction, get the fans all excited. Uh, I thought he was very talented at it. I thought he made the game very interesting and the whole introduction was a big part of the theater of the uh, MISL Soccer League and the St. Louis Steamers. So I became a fan uh, I remember being at the game where I think he lo- I think he lost his job, or if he didn't, I know he was in big trouble because he jumped over the boards trying to get after another player. And the, S- the Steamer's fans loved it because there was a commotion going on. I think he said something to a ref, if I'm not mistaken. And then there's a, a, a Buffalo Stallions player, the opposition team. And Kevin Slayton tries to go like over the plexiglass to get at oh, this guy wow, wow, and man. causes this big commotion. And I think, if I'm not mistaken... Stan Musial had something to do with it. I remember Stan Musial making commentary about it at the time uh, in the papers and so forth because we had season tickets. I don't remember it all that well, but that's my uh, knowledge of Kevin Slayton as a young person. And then uh, the way I got kind of connected to him on just uh, paying more, more attention to the guy was I used to sell shoes at Famous Bar at the Galleria when I was in college. And when I used to sell shoes there, I met a guy named Steve Musinfektor. Now, Steve Musenfector and I have become, you know, we're, we're friends uh, for coming up on 30 years. And he's a big fan of Kevin Slayton because his brother, Dan Musenfector played for the steamers back in the day. So he would announce Dan Musinfector when he was running through the steam and it was great, you know, from St. Louis, Missouri, number whatever, Dan Musinfektor, and it was this big thing. So when Steve is working with me at the Galleria selling shoes, the first time I meet him, he says his name is Steve Musinfector, and I recognize the name right away because I'm a Steamers fan. And I said, are you related to Dan Musenfector? He goes, oh, you're a Steamers fan. You know, we start talking and this and that and the other. And hit it off right away. Um, he's a funny guy. He's a very jovial guy. He's a great guy. One of my favorite people. One of my favorite characters in my life. And he's, uh, we become fast friends. I just got to tell you this story. You'll like this. So we had the micro- or the intercoms in the back of the, uh, uh, the stock room, basically. So when you press the button down on the phone, everybody in the stock room, stock room could hear you if you wanted to talk. So as I you know, started to become more and more friendly with Steve, he would come into the back, uh, into the stock room, and I would pick up that phone when there were people around, and I would get on the intercom, and I would say something like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, from Florissant, Missouri, green shirt, pink tie, four-time lady shoe salesman of the year, two-time voted best dressed, Steve Factor, and I'd give this long thing, and he would crack up. He thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And that's kind of what began the friendship. and also because he was friends with Kevin Slayton or was an admirer of Kevin Slayton through the years, somebody that I started to pay a little bit more attention to. I had just kind of a little connection to Slayton through Muse Infector, and I would pay attention to his career. So he has migrated onto a podcast, Kevin Slayton. And he has moved from sports now to where he's a political commentator. Okay, And I listened to a show a few times, and he is, um, he's the guy with Donald Trump posters all over the wall. And he could do absolutely nothing wrong everything donald trump is done through genius or if he got played he's being framed by the establishment he just couldn't possibly have known anything he's still the greatest man who has ever lived and he can list you accomplishments from here to next tuesday that he has uh uh, that donald trump got got done when he was in office so i hear this and i thought all right well i'm gonna i'm gonna get a hold of kevin and see if he will have a conversation with me, because Kevin stick is to really go at people. And I know this. I know that's part of his deal. He wants to argue with people. He thinks it's good radio, and he attacks, attacks, attacks. And his uh, legions of fans, <laughs> his legions of fans love it, apparently, because they follow him wherever he goes. So I get a hold of him on Facebook, and I say, Kevin, I would like to have a conversation with you about Donald Trump. And immediately he starts to attack me. And we played the uh, we, we did a little clip of it that we put out on social media where I'm trying to convince Kevin just to have a conversation with me about what's going on in the world and how he should perceive Donald Trump or at least hear of a different opinion and hash it out. Because I believe, as you know, Phil, we talk about it all the time privately. We're past the time of playing stick. There's a lot of things that are going wrong in this country. We have a very divided country and it's starting to mend itself. I must say, I think people are starting to mend the fences just a little bit. Donald Trump created more fear, division and anxiety than any president that in my lifetime. That's just the way I see it. Mainly because the, uh, the press was attacking him and blaming him for things that were clearly not true. And it created a situation where you had to defend him. And the whole time he was president, we're all defending Donald Trump. But if you look at the body of work, we ended up with eight trillion dollars in debt. We ended up with a uh, with a pandemic that was completely mismanaged. They were firing people. They were, um, uh, you know, you know the whole story: the walking on the dots, the wearing the face mask, the t- entire breakdown of our society, and the small businesses that were lost. I'm gonna play. I'm going to contrast Kevin Slayton today with Robert F. Kennedy Jr., the way Kevin Slayton's is going about it and the way Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is going about it, going into three-hour conversations with anybody that will have it with him, opposition, or if they're supporters, doesn't matter. He is telling the people what's really going on within our country. And most people live within the bubble, and that's what I saw Kevin Slayton doing. He's living within the Fox News, CNN bubble. He gets the headlines. He wakes up in the morning. He plays, uh, he plays some music, Gets you know looks in the mirror with all, his, all of his... Donald Trump posters around him and start singing the song, getting ready for the day. The man crush that Kevin Slayton has on Donald Trump is bordering on Pride Month, if you understand what I'm saying. It's yeah, well, solid. you
1: you had your face, uh, Facebook little uh, exchange, too, prior to even uh, speak, uh, you know going on the show with him, uh, and I thought that's where it was immediately evident that uh, he was already, uh, like you said, he would get that. He just basically checks the one or two or three, maybe. Uh, sources of news and that's that he lives off that and only that
0: well which is you know you when you and i talk that's the problem i see with radio right radio needs to be it needs to take the format from podcasting the real good podcasters right now Mm -hmm. and they need to use that on the radio because radio is becoming kind of a um it's becoming sticky everybody has this little stick like kevin slayton when he goes on the radio and somebody says something like he goes carpe diem you know these old sticky type of things but it's not it's more show But I think when you mix show and politics, you have to test what you believe. You have to have people come on with opposing views and not shout them down and talk over them like that, like Kevin Slayton wants to do. That's right. And you have conversations where you can reach middle ground. The only thing that will change the direction of the country is if we change our culture. And right now, the culture is I either have to love you or hate you, I cannot understand that you have a different opinion. Uh, recognize that we're not going to reach a middle ground, but we don't have to hate each other. We can continue the conversation because people who may not have formed an opinion yet, they need to hear two sides of a story and recognize where people are coming from, recognize why they have the perspective that they do. And then you can start to unite as a country. Because again, I say it all the time. It is not right versus left. It's not Democrat versus Republican. It is the free people of America and free peoples of the world against an ever growing establishment Uh, that is trying to take away your rights by creating fear and then giving themselves power to satisfy your fears, if you will. Right? Think of 9-11, the Patriot Act. Think of uh, what they did with the pandemic. Oh, you can't leave your house. Everybody's going to die if you even breathe. If you don't have the the mask right at the top of your nose, everybody's going to die. And then what happened is you have these mentally fragile people that don't really understand what's going on in the world walking around with two masks, football helmets, flippers, and bubble wrap to stay safe until... The magic potion comes along, Warp Speed and the CARES Act and trillions of dollars spent, small businesses and churches closed and Walmart and Target open. And through the whole thing, Donald Trump is cutting corporate taxes and he is cozying up to the corporations. As Robert F. Kennedy Jr. says, trillions of dollars were wasted in COVID and millions of small businesses were destroyed as the corporations and the billionaires of the world took in all the money. And I just do not believe for a second, as I know many people on this station and I know many people around the country just do not believe that Donald Trump was complicit. And for me, I don't care whether he was complicit. You know, when you're the CEO, when you are the ch- in charge of something, the buck stops with you. You cannot say you were rolled. You cannot say that you just um, you hired all these people like Mitch McConnell. We talked about that with uh, Elaine Chow. Elaine Chow, her father is a very powerful person in China. And she has survived Democrat and Republican administrations and always shows up in some position of power. And her husband leads the Senate, Mitch McConnell. And Donald Trump didn't recognize that little cozy deal going on and then endorsed Mitch McConnell as he's walking out the door. Now, you could say that, you know, Mitch McConnell's a powerful man. He has to endorse him. Why does he have to endorse him? I thought he was coming there to drain the swamp. So when I see things like Ronald McDaniel, he endorsed Ronald McDaniel after he was out of office right? He's still doing tours with Lindsey Graham after he's out of office. He endorses Kevin McCarthy, who you know is just a power broker. I mean, you don't have to listen to Kevin McCarthy for very long to recognize, you know, he is not, you know, he's not a brain surgeon of sorts. He's just a, he's a politician. He's a plastic guy that will say whatever he thinks uh, will position him the way he needs to be positioned, but he's got no core. He's got no center. He's got no nothing. But Donald Trump said, listen, kids, we need to vote for Kevin, you know, quit playing games. This was when they were going through the run for the Speaker of the House. So having said all of that, I'm going to lead you in. We're going to play in the second segment, or we might even start in this first segment, depending on the time. I want to play the conversation that I had with Kevin Slayton. So what we did is we kind of set it up to where uh, this would work either way on our end. Uh, I wanted to hear what, how Kevin Slayton would approach me, because I had a feeling he would do exactly what he did, which was just shout over the top of me. Every time I started to talk, he'd say, stop, wait, stop right there. You know everybody will get to hear it here in just a minute but we did the math on it so for a guy that you'll hear the entire interview we're going to play the entire thing Yep. for a guy that told me I was talking over him and then when we were off of the phone telling his audience that I was rude that I was a liberal and that you know liar all these li- liar <laughs> called me a liar about something that I didn't even say it was crazy but I think he was a little bit rattled in the conversation because I was going down alleys that I don't think he was educated on and I think he thought you know what I'm gonna stick to the Fox News narrative jam it down his throat call him an idiot because I don't want to entertain anything that he has to say so when it was over uh, I call Phil and I say, can you uh, can you look at the time frame there? How much time did I talk versus how much time did he talk in the in the entire segment that I did with Kevin Slayton, which is a, he's a podcaster now. He was on St. Louis radio for, I don't know how many years. Now he's just doing a podcast to his loyal fans, that kind of thing. But it was a 26 minute start to finish conversation. And then maybe about three plus minutes where I'm off the phone and he's he, he's telling his audience what just happened. So all told, it's about 26 minutes if you... Cut out the times where he and I are talking over each other, and and you just calculate how much time I was able to speak uninterrupted in 26 minutes in this conversation that I was trying to have with Kevin Slayton. I got two minutes and 45 seconds, roughly. Yep. So that's the kind of conversations that people that are – they have an influence, whether they understand it or not. When Kevin Slayton goes out there, he is he's, – uh, he's in the bubble, and it is definitely – A situation where everybody's kind of on the same page with him. He's not taking any uh, ideas contrary to his and really having long form conversations to get to a, to, to, to find common ground. He just wants to shout over and everybody who disagrees with him, again, is the enemy. And it's what I think is very dangerous in this world. I think it is dangerous to get into a system where everybody is fighting. And that becomes the culture. If you don't agree with me, you're the enemy. And you're a traitor to my beliefs. You're a traitor to the country. It is people like you that are causing all of the problems versus having a conversation with people you disagree with. Get their perspective. Understand where they're coming from. That is the only thing that will begin to soften the culture but makes it a little bit brighter. Don't you agree? It makes the culture... A little bit more intelligent well when you're well when the perspectives of multiple different people are able to be heard. And then the audience can go, you know what? I like Rob's argument better. You know, Rob makes a little bit more sense. Here's where Rob's coming from, here's where Kevin's coming from. Which one in retrospect makes more sense? Because that's what I've been doing for a long, long time is I listen to these politicians, Trump included. Does every anything get accomplished that the American people are worried about? Or does we do we just go on from day to day, the system gets put into place? And we move on. Segment number two, we're going to play this Kevin Slayton interview. I think you're going to love it. So stick around. We're going to play the entire thing. You make the call. We'll be right back.
2: The Rob Carter Show.
1: SR1 Sundays.
0: The Rob Carter
2: Show.
0: Oh yeah. I love this song. This takes me back to a takes me back to being a kid, really. But this is what I the reason I, we're playing this song and we're gonna have a we got a whole other piece that we're gonna use where we use Kevin Slayton's voice to this song because oh, when I was thinking about it with Kevin Slayton after I got off the phone with him. I pictured him like in a risky business, you know, where Tom Cruise is running around in his boxer shorts and his socks, sliding around on the <laughs> floor. I pictured Kevin Slayton in the morning, getting ready, right, with the, getting his hair ready. and He's standing in front of the mirror, and he's got the Donald Trump posters all over his bathroom and his closet. And every, everywhere he looks is Donald Trump, "Make America Great Again." Loves the guy, and he's singing this song in the mirror as he's getting ready. <laughs> you see it? I can see it now. That's yeah. what I see in my head. I mean, I and I saw it so many times. I'm like, I just got to get, I got to get that on the radio. So I want to, we got to get into it. This uh, interview slash, you know, um, I don't even know what you would call this because it was not a debate. It was not a conversation. It was Kevin Slayton calling me dumb and refuting everything that I said. Anytime I wanted to get into a conversation or I want to ask him a question, you go, you can't ask me a question. I ask you a question, this kind of thing. This is the, this is the kind of debating skills um, that Kevin Slayton prides himself on. Again, this is not a takedown of Kevin Slayton as a person. I, as I understand it, he's a really good dude. And I don't mean to uh, disparage him in any way, but I am very disappointed that at this time in the world, a guy like Kevin Slayton, who claims to be a serious person, he claims to be a journalist, he likes to ask very provocative questions, and he likes to get at the heart of things, which generally I approve of. I like that. I like people that will challenge people in power and not back down to them. But when you say, hey, I want to have a serious conversation about your take on Donald Trump, and then you hear what he says about what's going on in the world and all of the things that him and his listeners are concerned with, he won't even have a conversation to see, Hey, are we being misled? Because now we're in a situation where Donald Trump's saying we got world war three on the horizon, we got nuclear bombs that could be going off because of our foreign policy. You can't talk about things that you don't truly understand. You can't just go out into the fake news media, call it fake, call it corrupt, and then use all of their headlines as a premise of your show. Does that make sense? I mean, you just, that, that's, sense. that's not what uh, that's not what a journalist or a deep thinker, that's not how they go about their business. What they want to do is challenge everything that they believe to see if it holds water. That's what I want to do. That's why I said, the reason I don't get nervous about going on debates, because we talked about Kevin Slate and some other people that we're going to be interviewing soon, I don't get nervous because I'm not trying to win the debate. I want to hear what they have to say about the things that concern me. What is your take on this? Does this outweigh your opinion? Or... Are you so stuck to that side that anything that I say is just going to hit a wall? And if that's the case, we just have to agree to disagree. But the conversation to me is the key. So I want to play this. Uh, I guess it would be, I don't even know what to call it, an interview of sorts? I, I don't know what to um, call it. It's a mumbled no, mess. No, it's honestly. definitely not an interview. Well, Phil, I tried to set it up. If you, I mean, you, you saw the text you messages totally go did. back and forth. I said, Kevin, I'm not looking to get into you a did. confrontation, basically, with you. I'm looking to have a gentlemanly conversation about things that you believe, because I think it's important. And he said, he says on one of these Facebook uh uh, screenshots that I gave you that he sent back to me said you are going to really regret calling my show. Yeah, he did. And my my take with you was uh, how could I regret it? I have a microphone too. That's the beauty of the situation, right? right? Because if he attacks me and doesn't let me speak, then I can just go on my show and say this is what I would like to have said had I not been shouted over. And if he has a great conversation with me, if I realize that on the person on the other end wants to have an intellectual conversation um, with information that he has and information that I have, and kind of come to some understanding. I would have invited Kevin in and we'd had a conversation. I would have praised mm-hmm. him as the king that he praises himself to be, right? He's the king. Uh, he, that's what he calls himself. King's the king, court. The king's court, exactly. That's kind of his, his deal. And carpe diem. He has all these little catchphrases and things that he does that, uh, for me, is fine if he sticks to sports because sports is, oh, you know, who cares? He's but, welcome
1: here anytime. I'd love to pick his brain about ab- the steamers and all that stuff, that little old days stuff.
0: Man. I hope that we end up being friends. I, I really do. I hope that Kevin Slayton recognizes that I've been a fan of his for a long time. This is not a takedown, like I said, of him personally. This is a takedown of getting involved in politics, influencing people that listen because you have a platform, and getting all of the information bungled. It's just he's, he's, out of, he's out of context with everything that he believes, and if I'm wrong, then he should have the conversation with me and have a real conversation That's with me. That's what I mean. I thought it, he would see it as a
1: time when he could show a guy who kind of knows some stuff yeah. that he knows more than the guy who kind of knows some stuff.
0: What did I tell you? He, he couldn't possibly know more than uh, than about Donald Trump than me. I mean, it was on his campaign from the very beginning. I, I studied every public statement that he made. I've had this woman on my show multiple times who wrote a book called Just the Tweets, where it's every tweet that Donald Trump uh, put out there as president that's two volumes of it. So when you look through all of these things and start to get an understanding of what Donald Trump was saying versus what happens, it's not the same. It appears that it's going to be the same. I mean, He preaches the same thing from start to finish, but the outcomes are in opposition of what he told us he was going to do, drain the swamp, namely, Uh, not getting fooled by these global con jobs like COVID-19 and climate change and all of these things that everybody who's thinking clearly kind of understands that they are either manufacturing a tragedy so they can make money off of it or using a tragedy to make money off of it. There's no way that uh, that the people of the world are going to stop climate change unless there's a global government, right? You couldn't stop China from doing what they want to do. You couldn't stop Australia from doing what they want to do or Saudi Arabia. You can't do that unless you have a global governing scheme. So the corporations thought, you know what, this is great. We'll put we'll, we'll get our people involved in all of these major governments around the world and we'll dictate policy to them and we'll steal the money and we'll be fine. And you can see that happening here in America with the way we're going about the Ukraine war. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is, I'm telling you what, forget the ideologies. I'm just talking about telling people the truth. He is doing three hour interviews. There's so many of them right now. You can get, I drove in from Florida. You know, I was going to fly in, but I had some stuff that I wanted to bring with me, so it made more sense to drive. I listened to the guy driving in for 14 hours, and he's so on the same page with what I've researched. I didn't get my information from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I did my research as, you know, just journalistic capability, and he agrees with everything that I say. Isn't
1: it satisfying?
0: So are you, are you, you kidding must, me? I, I'm really happy for you, man, because yeah. I know this has got to be uh, cathartic in some way. You, you have no idea? I mean, when, I'm mean i so happy for you. When man. you pride yourself on being a relatively good person, forget the intelligence yeah. level, right? But a good person, no. you, yeah, when, yeah, right. when COVID started and everybody was mad at me, I said, listen, if I can get a few people to recognize that they probably don't need a needle in their arm to stop a mutating cold virus with a very high recovery rate with no um, treatments being allowed to them, if I can get people to recognize that this is probably something they need to stay away from, this will pass. Um, Then I'll have done my job. And that was started with my family. The podcast that I started, I sent to 55 people because my son said, we should, you should tell this to our friends and family. You should start a podcast. And that mushroomed into a big audience that, as Robert F. Kennedy says, it got squashed. As soon as it started to take off and you saw the, uh, you saw the graph going to the moon, all of a sudden I'm shut down on Facebook where where I was trying to sell it. Uh, Twitter, where I was trying to get the information out, Instagram, where I'm trying to get the information out. I'm trying to get these things done, and immediately, I'm out. They just won't let you have it. It just shuts your account down. You, you can't get anything done. I told you when I came to the radio, I said, listen, i got to do the radio because I don't think I can get this message out on social media, which was the original right. intent. Yep. So that's why we're on the radio now. So having said all that, I want to play this conversation with Kevin Slate so you guys can feel it, get a sense of what's going on here, and we're going to play it from start to finish the way it went down. And you tell me if somebody is talking about politics, if this is the way you want to hear a conversation about politics, or would you rather two intelligent people with two different perspectives because there is a lot of people. That are very very bright and are understand Donald Trump and understand the policies. Who give legitimate arguments to me? I have those conversations all the time. Generally speaking, they don't want to have them on the air, and I don't know why that is, Phil. But we got to figure that out. We've got to get people to be less concerned about their job or what their neighbor is going to think about them. We have a. This is a time in the world where people who have platforms should be talking this out so that we can have real information bantered about. And there has to be a solution. I tell people when they're talking privately, when I'm joking around, I say, what my show is about is I give you a political orgasm. And people go, that sounds ridiculous. What does that mean? And I Mm -hmm. say, well, there's a conclusion to what I have to say. I tell you, when people say they, they are doing this, they are doing that. And Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and a lot of the uh, uh, shows that I'm listening to, they all use this vague term, they. Well, I I try to tell you who they is. You know, you're getting to the conversation. You're starting to understand how the entire system works. Yeah. So there's a conclusion. If there's no orgasm at the end, then what are we doing it for? What's the point? I don't get it. Right. So if, if it's just all talk, all talk, all talk, no, no finality to the conversation, then we all just, we live in this bubble where we're fighting with each other all the time.
1: I don't know how, I think I timed it about two and a half minutes or less that he called you dumb. So the insult starts. I think we'll get up to about the first insult. I, I want to.
0: We'll get up to the first. We'll get into the first insult. What I want people and to recognize—you never insulted
1: him, and you never have off air too. I want people to understand this. You I, are. You've been very civil about this. You've been a very. You're much better person than I am. I tell my friends all this all the time. You're a much better person than I am I,
0: <laughs> I do not get upset. Uh, with people that, I, that actually believe what they're saying. And I think at the beginning of that conversation, he believed that he was going to make mincemeat out of me. He was going to destroy me with the facts, is the way he calls them. You know, he takes his facts from a corrupt industry and then calls whatever he wants to believe facts, right? But this is the way people that follow any politician sometimes get. They get fanatical. You know, they fall in love with this person's words and they don't follow. Do they get these things done that they're telling you they're going to do? That's that's my biggest problem with Donald Trump. I don't believe he accomplished anything. And I said structurally in the conversation, I don't think he got anything done structurally. So I don't want to babble on any further. Let's get into this conversation. This is uh, Kevin Slayton. It's the Kevin Slayton show. He's got a podcast. So if you go into Google or any search engine, the King's and, Court, the King's Court. If you want to hear Kevin Slayton show, it's Kevin. I believe it's Kevin if I'm not mistaken. Make but you so. can look him up. Um, and hear his opinion on news, I have a very different opinion. I wanted to have a gentlemanly conversation with Kevin Slayton. It just didn't play out that way. So go ahead, Phil. Let's let's play it. And we'll stop it along the way so I can kind of tell you what I was thinking at the time and how this whole deal played out. Uh, Kevin Slayton and Rob Carter, let's hear it.
3: Good morning. You're on the Window World, uh, stl-cars.com, Kings
4: Court. How are you? Hey, Kevin. Rob Carter, how are you? Good, Rob. How are you doing? Good, man. I was, uh, you know, and I, you and I were going back and forth. Uh, I want to get into a conversation with you about about Donald Trump, because I think I have a different perspective than you. And I'm just curious, um, you know, about some things that he did when he was president and get your take on him, because um, I, I don't get the I don't get what he did with COVID-19. Uh, people make excuses for him, but it really the money that he put towards it. Um, the lockdowns, uh, wearing a mask on television, walking around like a crazy person—those uh, things fundamentally change the direction of our country. And I don't. So right
0: there, just at the very beginning, because I want to get add uh, some color to what's going on. As you see, just by the tone of my voice. First of all, he does a show early in the morning, and I'm not a really a morning person. I'm just not. I, I if if I could do a show at two in the morning, that's when I would do my show because I like I like calm. You know, I raised five kids. And you begin to love nighttime when you have five kids that need to go to bed, and then when they get into high school and college, they're running around till midnight, and you just want silence. And generally speaking, my silence is when everybody went to bed, so I have been conditioned to like the nighttime a little bit better. So as we're getting into the morning show with him, you can tell right away that my energy level is not through the roof. I want to have just a nice, calm conversation with this guy to get his opinion on my opinion, and this is what it turns into. So you just recognize right away that this is meant to be, from my angle, just a conversation with somebody that I'm a fan of. I like Kevin Slayton. That's what's so crazy about the way this thing turns out. But just recognize that it is meant to be just a conversation. Go ahead, Phil. I don't
4: know how he gets away with it just because he's the enemy of Joe Biden. I just don't understand it. Gets away with what? Gets away with just the way he uh, performed during COVID-19. Well, what did he do? Well, about, let, let me well, ask you so, this. Well, what, did, what did
3: Trump do wrongly? during the COVID crisis in the early days when no one knew the seriousness of this uh, virus? Well,
0: I just got to add commentary right there. I started a show in June of 2020 (laughs) that talked about exactly this. Anybody that's been listening to my show for a long time knows that I've been talking about this being a con job from the very beginning. I did a show... Episode number 30. This is after the elections and everything that I did on my podcast, the Rob for anybody who wants to listen. Go to episode 30. And I talked about exactly this. If every this is after the election, mind you. But e- even before the election, I was talking about this a lot. How can you have both political parties, the pope, every media personality, all your sports leagues, everybody on board? With taking vaccines and/or gene therapies, they're gene therapies, they're not traditional vaccines, a new technology, if you will, that had no safety data. I mean, I don't want to be a gerbil. Do you want to be a gerbil? I don't want to be. No. I don't. I'm, I have no interest in in somebody telling me that in order to keep my job or to travel for my job, because I travel for a living, if I can't travel and I can't keep my job unless I get a needle stuck in my arm for something that I'm not worried about at all, then I think we have a problem, Houston we have a problem is the way I see it so I wanted to get out in front of it at the very beginning I have a track record that Kevin Slayton must not be aware of where I explain to people how the entire con is going to go down and then it happened exactly the way I described it and I've got to have a conversation with a guy that said hey, nobody knew at the time oh, dude, huh alright we'll play the rest of this conversation I know I get long winded I'm it's sorry awesome. I, I have so many things in my head that I want to say that I didn't get to say All right. that we'll say in the next segment we'll be right back
1: to
5: I don't know what I do without you, baby. Don't know where I be. You're not just another lover, no, you're everything to me. Every time I'm with you, baby, I can't believe it's true. When you lay in my arms, the we do the things you do. You see it in my eyes, I can feel it in your touch. You don't have to say a thing, just let me show how
0: much. Hey guys, Ken Kruger. I've gotten to know these guys really well over the last few years.
4: Yes, yeah, St. Louis Bath and Renovation, they're the most trusted name in bathroom remodelers in the St. Louis area. In fact, if you need bathroom repairs, complete bathroom remodeling, or handyman services call St. Louis Bath & Renovation at 314-477-6476 or email rob at
0: stlbr.com. That's St. Louis Bath & Renovation. S
1: R One Sundays, The Rob Carter Show.
0: All right, everybody, welcome back. We're going to play this song up. I love this song. I don't know why. It just reminds me of being a kid. But you and I were watching, Phil. We were watching the video of this earlier this morning when we were prepping for the show. Yeah. The name of this band is Exile. And the guy that the lead singer, at least in this song, is this very odd-looking character. And you go check out the dance move here at the very end. And he has this little where he jumps down, almost does like the splits. And he's got this leotard on with... Um, he's a rock star, if you yeah. understand what I'm saying. He's got this leotard and, you know, it's... Yeah, if, if you want to see something very comical, go check out the exile video of this song <laughs> where they do a live performance and he's in like a purple or bluish leotard. It is, it is the greatest. It's,
1: it's blue and you're welcome. He ladies. is not
0: a transgender for sure. No, no. When you see this, he's he's all man. He's there. hundred like percent. He's there. Um, I want to let's get back into Kevin Slayton because I, I, I want to continue on with this conversation. I'll try to let a little bit more play now that I've set it up and in the back half of the show. I'm going to give answers to these questions because he never allows me to really elaborate. And I found that through this entire thing in the back of my head, I'm saying to myself, all right, just let him do his thing. I'm not going to get a chance to answer, but I have my own show. So I'll answer the questions the way I want to answer them on my own time. And I'll let him I'll just kind of. I'll kind of little poke holes in what he has to say, and then I'll add context to it on my own show. And that's what we're doing today. So uh, continue on with this conversation. This is Kevin Slayton. This is, this, I think this was last Monday or Tuesday. I was on his show.
4: Yep. Go well, for it. a planned event that's been talked about for 10 years in the alternative media. He would not take any. I was on his campaign. So we had people trying to get in contact with him to tell him what people were saying uh, in his circles. Judy Mikovits was out there telling people what was going on. Uh, there is there's all kinds of information out there about what they could do on the back of a pandemic uh, that you consolidate power. They did. Cons- I'm in the shoe business. They've consolidated so much power in the shoe business. It's bizarre. It used to be a family owned operation. Now it's all corporations. I um, mean, that's the way it is in the furniture business. That's the way it is just generally around the country. And that was all orchestrated under Donald Trump. You can't say that he's an idiot and he just got fooled or he's a brilliant guy and he's got a master plan to come back and save the country. It's got to be one or the other.
0: No, and it I- doesn't. And there's another one that I didn't get a chance to tell him about because again he he likes to jump in as soon as he feels challenged he jumps in and he wants to he wants to filibuster for a little bit but there's this thing called the Great Barrington Declaration where it has almost a million signatures from epidemiologists, virologists and doctors saying that the lockdowns and the uh, just the treatments for covid that were restricted the uh, the gene therapies, the mRNA technologies that all of this was very could potentially be very dangerous for a lot of people and that we needed to have a discussion about it. That was the Barrington Declaration, the Great Barrington Declaration, I think it was called. So I wanted to bring these things up to him because they were going on at the time that Donald Trump was president just because they shut down all opposition on Twitter with the Twitter files. Matt Tabee, we've talked about it many times. The intelligence agencies were stifling anything that was off the mainstream narrative. All of that information was being suppressed, I guess. Kevin wasn't digging very hard to get that information at the time. He was just watching Dr. Fauci and Burks lie every day and just took it at, at face value as did Donald Trump, apparently. So these are the things that I would have said had I been able to have a conversation with him that I invite him to have with me anytime he would like. Go
3: ahead. No, it doesn't people. have to be, it does not have to be one or the other. It, he was acting on the medical advice that he was given. Do you understand that if this virus was what they claimed it was, and he had no way of knowing whether it was or it wasn't. So despite your claim that someone said it was a 10 year plan, there's no evidence of that. And secondarily, he, secondarily, even if there was, unless it's coming from medical people, you're not going to listen to them. You listen to medical have- people on issues of medical problems. Uh, at that point, he entrusted Mike Pence to run this task force, and Mike Pence brought in Fauci and Burks. At some point, fairly early, Trump had had enough of Fauci and Burks, and he didn't fire Fauci.
0: He sh- now here's just you know again, if we're having a conversation, I would have said, Kevin, I went to Donald Trump's Valdosta, Georgia rally after the elections were manipulated, stolen, however you perceive that event, uh, uh, and they were the the fans were chanting. Fire Fauci, fire Fauci. That was, I believe, on December 5th, 2020. So he was still the president. He still had time to at least expose Fauci because if the fans that are there to see you at a rally are chanting loudly, fire Fauci, somebody knows that Dr. Darth Fauci is off the reservation and we shouldn't be paying attention to him. But not only did Donald Trump not fire him, not expose him, not say, listen, this guy is a criminal. He has a long history. Now that I know it, let me expose this character. Not, not only did he not do that, he gave him a Medal of Commendation for Warp Speed on January 19th as he was walking out the door after all of his supporters are chanting Fire Fauci. So keep that in the back of your mind and listen to how this conversation progresses. Should
3: have. That's the only mistake he made during the COVID crisis. Everything else was governed by what he was being told was the proper medical way to do it. Had he deviated from that and been wrong... He would have been put in jail for murder. <laughs> That's my Trust favorite. Trust me on that one.
4: He gave Fauci a medal of commendation when he was walking out the door and Burks on January 19th. That? I did say medal of commendation, right? You,
0: so so you ke- 100%. Keep said, in mind he yeah. calls me a liar about this later on take in the, Yeah, take take note. note of that. Medal of commendation, I said a medal <laughs> of commendation, Kevin, if you were listening now, a medal of commendation. Go ahead.
4: How do you how do you explain that? I don't see. I don't see anywhere where he gave anybody a medical uh, medal of commendation. He did. He gave him a medal of commendation on January nineteenth as. as
1: If I may, the beauty of that is that he
3: also said said it it. correct.
4: Okay, so anyway, here we go. Yes, he was walking out the door, and now you got Fauci getting a job at Georgetown. Uh, These people. What does Trump have to do
3: uh, with Fauci getting a job at Georgetown?
4: Well, he doesn't have to do anything, but you should. He should be pointing out that the guy is a criminal. The guy is a shield. He, he has pointed industry.
3: it out. He has pointed door. it out. Where have you been? He's. That's, he that's all he's been. After the that's fact, all he's Kevin. been saying. You well, you fact. don't. You don't point out
0: someone's. A Kevin, if if Donald Trump has called uh, Darth Fauci a criminal, will you please send me that sound clip? I want to hear where he calls him a criminal. Go ahead.
4: A criminal until you have the facts. Do you understand how that works? Well, yeah, but he told us the, the vaccines were going to keep uh, uh, transmission down, that you couldn't get it, you couldn't spread it. All of that was alive while he was president. How, wait a minute. How did Trump how, did Trump, how did Trump, wait a minute, stop, stop, a,
3: stop, he, he, stop. You asked a question, have the courtesy to await an answer. You said Trump somehow should have known that the vaccines weren't going to work.
4: Trump's not a doctor. He sold them. What do you mean he sold what? He went out on the on the campaign trail and sold vaccines. He's not a doctor. You're right. He's not a doctor. And there's a 1,000, a 10,000, 100,000 doctors saying they could potentially be dangerous. And he's out there on the campaign trail with his wife selling vaccines. I was there. I watched it with my own eyes. What do you mean you watched it with I'm your Trump own Trump eyes?
3: Everybody knew Trump that leader. Donald Trump had initiated the War- Operation Warp Speed to have a vaccine to stop a virus that he was told would wipe out the country. And the doctors and the people who developed the vaccine told him it was it would work.
0: So here, if we're having a conversation again, and we're going to cut this thing up because I now I get a chance to just say, okay, Kevin, shut it down for a second. Let me give you some information. Donald Trump was giving super spreader rallies during this p- entire operation, right? So Donald Trump, in the back of his mind, must have known that this wasn't really a super dangerous thing that was going to wipe out the country because he was giving rallies with 50 60 70,000 people not wearing masks, not wearing two masks, not wearing football helmets, bubble wrap or flippers to stay safe, and he was still imposing a uh, the protocols with COVID-19, right? Uh, it's just it's in comp- it just doesn't make any sense to me that you could say that Donald Trump didn't know these things were going on when Donald Trump is giving, remember, it? Uh, super spreader events and all of this other stuff, every time he would give a rally they would call it super spreader events. Well, if if you're not worried about your fans coming out with no mask by the 50,000s and standing shoulder to shoulder with each other doesn't your doesn't some logic in your brain go off and say wait a minute this guy can't possibly believe that the entire country is going to be destroyed by this mutating cold virus if he's out giving rallies before the vaccines and the gene therapies are put into the american bloodstream and he's having these events he can't possibly in his mind think that it's that dangerous or he wouldn't be doing it am i wrong Does it make, I mean, does that make sense to you, Phil? I think you're right.
1: I think that uh, I I would say that, uh, you know, devil's advocate, maybe uh, let's just say he didn't know how bad the virus was at the time, but he definitely knew
0: how bad it wasn't. Perfect. That's exactly right. Right. But he's selling them. That's my point. If Donald Trump comes out and says, listen, uh, there's a lot of people that are worried about this. It doesn't look like it's going to be as dangerous as we originally thought. Um, so what let, I was exploited, right. let's let's, let's get our <laughs> let's get our lives back in order. Right. If you want the vaccine, when it comes, we've been working on something. It's called MRNA technology. It's a gene therapy. Uh, Look into it. Do your own research. I am not a doctor. As Kevin Slayton said, he's not a doctor. I'm not a doctor, but I will have something for you if you are nervous about it and you think you're in a category that needs to take this vaccine for young people. You know, you got that Peter Hotez, who I played last week, this idiot that was all, all over the news from, you know, from Yale and Rockefeller. You know, you know the story. He's out there telling everybody they have to get these attached to Bill Gates. He's telling everybody that children need to take these vaccines. And Robert F. Kennedy Jr. explains it many times over. He explains it in his book. The reason they wanted children to take these vaccines is once it gets on the child's schedule then there is no liability whatsoever. Once they say it's safe for kids, even though it may not be, even once it gets on the child schedule as a vaccine, then it changes everything legally and then you're just out of luck. That's why they are pushing so hard to get your children to get a needle in their arm for something that is basically a mutating cold virus. That's really what it is in the big scheme of things. And I'll have... If any epidemiologists want to come on and argue with me, bring it on. Let's let's have the conversation. School me if I'm wrong. But I've had an epidemiologist on my show who was from the former Soviet Union who came on and said, Rob, don't call them vaccines. They're gene therapies. This is a different technology than we've ever had in, in, the, in the country and in the world. So just understand that we don't know what this is going to do to people. We don't know. Yeah. So he is out there telling people that he that he recommends it. Remember the vaccines are good. I did it. It's good. You know, that kind of thing. And, oh, he, yeah. and and then going out there after he was president with Bill O'Reilly, when he would sit on the stage with Bill O'Reilly and Bill O'Reilly said, Mr. President, have you taken your booster? And he paused for a second. He goes, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So now if you got to realize he's the president of the United States or had been, and he has a huge following of loyal people who think that he has got all of the answers. So if that guy's telling you to go out and get a booster, and that, you know, and all the people around the government are saying, get it for your kids, get it as fast as you can, get your boosters. It's the bivalent booster. It's Celebrities, booster. It's Celebrity Hollywood, the whole, the whole mix, man. That's yeah. when you really got to see the establishment in totality. Oh, yeah. That's why I'm so fixated because he gets on me about being fixated on COVID. The reason I'm fixated on COVID is because you got to watch the entire establishment from the media, the sports leagues, the journalists, the, 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 the religion. You got to see the politicians. You got to see the global environment around the world it's it's full Monty full Monty you get to see it all so if you can't recognize it with this right in front of us as it's happening and we're now finding out everything they said was a complete and total lie if you want to give them the benefit of the doubt or they're just too stupid to understand what they were doing if you want to if you really you know if you really want to give them the benefit of the doubt you say they just made a mistake if you think it was planned to you know do some nasty things to the American people well then it was all a lie from the very beginning which is what I contend
3: anyway go ahead It would prevent transmission, and it would prevent illness. It did neither. But he's not a doctor. How was he supposed to know that? He's not clairvoyant. This is an asinine conversation, actually. You, you claim that, you claim that you wanted to talk about Trump's, you claim that you wanted to talk about Trump's accomplishments and you talk about COVID. I, I've got a list of you of a thousand things he did in office that were 100% positive for this country. He had nothing to do with creating COVID. That was created by liberals at the behest of Fauci and the Chinese government. We know that now, but there was no way to know it then and Trump couldn't take the risk. The the entire population. Go ahead
0: and let it play. What I
3: was going to say— The was at risk, according to the medical people, at that time.
0: What I was going to say is, he keeps saying that Donald Trump had to do it. There was just no other option. And had I been able to you know, have a conversation with him, I was going to say, so if the military comes to us tomorrow and says that uh, Russia is going to drop a nuclear bomb on us at any minute, we must attack Moscow with a nuclear bomb— does Donald Trump say, okay, you're right. You know, you're the military experts. We're just going to drop a bomb on Moscow at this particular moment in time. And then we find out, like we did in Iraq, that it was all based on a lie. How does that work? And when a president comes in and just demonizes the establishment the way Donald Trump did, why in the world would we as citizens? Think that he is going to fall in line with the establishment with the medical advice of Dr. Darth Fauci or any military advice or any advice coming from the establishment when you go there and say you're going to drain the swamp and you attack the Bushes and you attack the Clintons, you attack the establishment. We, as people who are supporting and voting for you, we believe that you understand that it's all manipulation, that the American people are being manipulated to fight with one another, to begin wars that we don't need to be involved in. We are being manipulated through propaganda. At all times. And if he says that he recognizes that and starts to take down the people we know are involved in that scheme, why should we think that, well, whatever Dr. Darth Fauci and Deborah Burke say, that's what we got to do. We can't listen to any other doctors anywhere. It's just the government ones that are attached to the pharmaceutical industries. Those are the only people we can listen to. Think of how dense that thought process is. Anyway, I'll send
4: you as much information as you would like to prove that's not true.
3: Prove that what's oh, not a true. Lot of people. Pro, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold it hold, you, it.
4: hold it. Hold it. Prove that what's not true. That he didn't have uh, information to the contrary when he was president. He did not.
3: (laughs) Go ahead and give give me one example of what he had to the contrary. Give me one example that Trump knew that the vaccines wouldn't work, they wouldn't prevent transmission, and they wouldn't prevent infection.
0: And then we'll we'll, I, we'll run out of time in this segment, so we'll get into the second hour and we'll finish that up. But in this in this particular piece, I talk about Judy Mikovits. Now, if you're listening in the car and you don't know who Judy Mikovits is, then you really shouldn't comment on what happened with COVID nineteen. She's got two books out there. She's got movies and documentaries called "The Plandemic," where she explains that this has been planned in advance. And then when you say, when somebody tells you something that's planned in advance. And then the plan comes out exactly the way somebody <laughs> describes. Yeah, man. Maybe it was planned.
5: The Rob Carter Show. Tonight. All day I've been thinking about you, baby. You're one desire. Gonna wrap my arms around you to hold you close to me. Oh, baby,
1: S-R-1 I to one up, Sundays. SR1 Sundays.
0: Can you see it, Phil?
5: Can I you think see Kevin
0: dancing around his house? He's got the American flag socks and the Make America Great Again hat on, boxer shorts. See him sliding around the house? Feeling good. I love you, Donald Trump. I love you so
5: much. All I want
0: a conversation. I mean, he may be the greatest guy in the world. I don't know. You know what I mean? But I do think we have some questions to ask the guy. So. As we get back into the second hour, let me just kind of explain again, if you're just joining us, what we're going through here. A conversation that I had with local celebrity Kevin Slayton about Donald Trump. And again, we're chopping this up because I want to have some say-so in the conversation that Kevin Slayton didn't allow me to have. And I want to contrast that in the last segment, segment and a half with the way Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is going about it. Now, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., I'm really starting to like how he's going about things. I don't necessarily agree with everything that he says because I'm more conservative on the vast majority of the issues than I am liberal. And he's a very, very liberal thinker. But he said he's going to run his campaign on telling the American people the truth. So he's out there. And like I said, I listened to 14 hours of conversation that he had with podcasters all around. And he believes that podcasting, this is Robert F. Kennedy Jr., He believes that podcasting is where the future is going to be. He believes that that's where the new uh, conversation about what's going on in your world will take place, will be on podcasting, where they can have long conversations. So you're going to get to hear some clips of him. Uh, I pulled some for you that reiterates everything that I'm saying. And the reason I love Robert F. Kennedy Jr. so much in this particular moment is because he's validating my entire show. All of the things that I have researched on my own, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is out there. He's on my side. Let's put it to you that way. So keep that in mind. We're contrasting the old school way of gaining an audience by just shoving it in the other person's face. They will not listen to anything uh, that is contradictory to their opinion. And you can never have a conversation where we find resolution. I want to find resolution. I want to find peace with family, with friends, with coworkers. I want people to start engaging in a conversation uh, so that we can... We can unite as a people. This this cannot go on. And I am going to work as hard as I possibly can to bring as many people as I can into these conversations. Because once the public gets all of the information in context, then and only then will we find out where our country's at. If you are believing a lie all the time and you just spit out those lies that are being crafted for you, then we go nowhere as a com- country. We just, we're in the hamster wheel over and over again. And it's been going on. Uh, since 9/11 for sure prior to that I don't know but since 9/11 this is the this is the this is the way we argue in this country it's just a constant at each other's throat as Kevin Slayton tried to do to me so let's get back into this conversation this is Kevin Slate this is me on Kevin Slayton's show
3: Go. first that he was told would wipe out the country and the doctors and the people who developed the vaccine told him it was, it would work. It would prevent transmission and it would prevent illness. It did neither. But he's not a doctor. How was he supposed to know that? He's not clairvoyant. This is an why asinine is other, conversation, actually. You, you claim that you, claim that you claim that you wanted to talk about Trump's, you right claim now. that you wanted to talk about Trump's accomplishments and you talk about COVID. I, I've got a list of you of a thousand things he did in office that were 100% positive for this country. He had nothing to do with creating COVID. That was created by liberals at the behest of Fauci and the Chinese government. We know that now, but there was no way to know it then and Trump couldn't take the risk. The entire population was at risk, according to the medical people at that time.
4: I'll send you as much information as you would like to prove that's not true.
3: Prove that what's not true. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Hold it! Hold it! Hold it!
4: Prove that what's not true. That he didn't have uh, information to the contrary when he was president. He did not. Go ahead and give me, give me one example of what he had to the
3: contrary. Give me one example that Trump knew that the vaccines wouldn't work, they wouldn't prevent transmission, and they wouldn't prevent infection. Give me one example that he knew that. Go ahead. I'll wait.
4: Well, well I'll, I'll tell you, how could he not know? No, no, no. I asked you to give me one example. Was... No, no, hold well, it. I don't, have... I don't
3: want you asking a question to my question. I just asked you a question. You said you had a whole slew of things. I'm asking you for one. Give me one
4: give you one what example of how he could have known that, uh, uh, that that his vaccines weren't working. First of all, they're not even vaccines. They're gene therapies. Does he have any responsibility? The claim that I you just made about? is
3: that you had tons of things that prove that Trump knew about this. Give me one example
4: that he knew these vaccines would not work. Go ahead. Uh, I'm, still Mike, Judy, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for Mike, one. I'm going to give you one. Judy Mikevitz contacted the, his uh, administration, got in contact with him, told him Fauci's history. Fauci goes back as a criminal of all the way to the AIDS days. It is incomprehensible that this guy wouldn't know what was going on, sell vaccines to the American people that were gene therapies, and everybody goes, well, it's just okay. He didn't know better. It was all Fauci's fault. He's the president.
1: Okay, that's one of my favorite parts. Just want to say, so I had to
0: stop. At that. Well, I do believe that if you're the president, you have some responsibility for the outcome of your actions. That's all.
1: And this would be the point where the where the blood
0: pressure cuffs would go on. Well, you know that's why I did it, right? <laughs> you knew, you knew as soon as because right. he, he likes to shot people down. Right. So in order to make okay. his blood pressure go up, I okay. just added a little uh, voice so, inflection. So here we go, folks.
3: A <laughs> oh, man, you're out, you're so you far out, you're so far out of touch, well, well, it's scary. Well, you you know how way far way out of touch you are? Hey, hold it. Huh? When I'm talking, you don't talk. You got it? I gave you the courtesy to talk. Now you shut up while I'm answering. You're rude and you're inconsiderate to the audience. They can't hear anybody when both people are talking. He's the president. He's not a doctor. He follows the medical advice or he's crucified. And the medical people told him this would work. He realized later it didn't work. And in fact, Trump took the vaccine himself. So he was convinced it was working. He didn't do something that other people wouldn't, uh, that he he was advising other people not to do. In addition, I don't know who Judy, whatever her name is, but whoever she is, she's irrelevant. What what medical background does she have? She
4: worked with Fauci. He put her in jail.
3: Well, what medical background did she have? That's my answer. I didn't say, did she work with Fauci and did he put her in jail? I said, did she have a medical background?
4: Yeah, she's a virologist and an epidemiologist. She's wrote several books about Fauci being a criminal. I don't care what she
3: thinks of Fauci. What did she What did she say about the vaccines? She said
4: they weren't going to work because it's a mutating virus. When did she say that? At the very beginning. <laughs> in, 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 and who And who Angela, did she Angela, work for Angela, when Angela she May said that? 20. Who did she work for when she said that? She worked for nobody. Fauci destroyed her life. Yeah, <laughs> she worked for nobody.
0: So. Do- so the establishment, which is Fauci. Destroys a person's life. Judy Mikovits. at least if you listen to her story, and she goes out there, she goes on these, uh, this, uh, what, uh, what is it, Make America, or he, she's on a like like little tour where all these people go out. What's the name of it? You know what I'm talking about, Phil. What, what's it called? The oh, Awakening talking, Tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Great Awakening right, right, Tour. Right, right, yep. And she goes out there and, and tells everybody what happened. She has these books out there. And because she's not working in the establishment, uh, he thinks that her information would be irrelevant. Regardless of the fact that the establishment destroyed her life, tried to put her in jail, silenced her for years, she comes out and she writes books explaining the entire story, you would think that somebody would want to hear what she has to say considering the fact that she worked for Dr. Darth Fauci, but according to Kevin, she's irrelevant because she doesn't work for Pfizer, Moderna, the FDA, the NAIAD, or the CDC because those are the only people that could possibly understand how these mRNA technologies were supposed to work. I guess that's his position. I guess. OK, go ahead.
3: Donald Trump is supposed to take the word of a doctor who works for nobody, you claim, and and then go against all of the evidence that he's been given by the medical people in the government and say, you know, there's this crackpot out there that I'm going to go with and to hell with all of you. That's what you're claiming he should have done.
4: No, I'm saying he should not have sold the vaccines. He should not went up in, into rallies and say, I recommend you take the vaccines. Take the vaccines. They work. They're good. That was not a true statement.
3: When yes. he says that he said, no, no you're the wrong. It was a true statement based on the information Donald Trump had. It was a, a, a 100% accurate and true statement based on the information he had. You can play second guesser all you want. The fact is Donald Trump has realized what took place. He has come out publicly against what took place and that he would have changed it with Fauci if he had the chance to do it over again now. But at the time, he couldn't risk it because we didn't know – Nobody knew the severity of that virus when it was first uh, when it was first contracted in the United States. All he knew is that people died. And the claim was they died from the virus. That turned out to be a lie. But no one knew that at the time.
0: I would like to let Kevin know that I started this entire operation as somebody who was in the shoe business my entire life because I follow the news as a passion. Right. And I follow both sides. I was one of those guys that was glued to fi- I was just like Kevin at one time. That's why I don't get really too upset with him, because I, I came <laughs> from that men- right. I came from that mentality at one point. But then I started listening to other portions of the news, stuff that was being stifled, stuff that you had to go out and find, and you had to read these studies. And you actually had to do homework. You couldn't just wake up and get a Fox News headline and then talk about it all day long. I decided to go actually do the research myself. So I started reading some of these studies. I started getting into the information. And I really quickly started to recognize that we were being lied to and that I shouldn't take the corporate news narrative as gospel because a lot of it was being manipulated. Okay. Kevin doesn't seem to recognize that that's going on at all, which I find, I, I guess there's a lot of people like that out in the world. You know, for me, I'm so in tune with the information that's out there. I find it hard to believe that nobody has any more perspective than just the Fox News and the CNN and the Washington Post narratives. But here we are with Kevin Slayton thinking that he knows everything when in actually you couldn't fill a thimble with the amount of information that he actually knows. Go ahead.
3: You're trying to go by it. Look, I got news for you. If I put a pitcher in the game and he gives up a grand slam, I could say all I want. I shouldn't have put him in. Sports analogy you had to bring that I'm in, so glad. And by the way,
0: I, to finish off the point, I started in June of 2020 explaining to people mm-hmm. what I thought was going to happen. Right. I went to the elections being stolen. I went through I went through rooting for Donald Trump because I believed even then, even even up until the election, that he may have a sting operation in play. I really thought that that could be something that was going on was he's going to let these people just cannibalize themselves. Until the until the vaccine, until he started telling people that they, you know, even after the election, he's telling people they need to get their vaccines. He's going to come back any day. And now he's running again in an election system that he told us was rigged. All of these things, regardless of any shades of gray that people can add context to, nobody's asking him the questions. And if nobody is asking him the questions, that means we have either no journalism or he is not just like a great boxer you know if you want to give a sports analogy you can have a great boxer who's the champion of the world and he won't fight another guy because his style doesn't match with that guy and he knows that other guy's going to kick his tail all the time so he avoids that person calls himself the champion but won't fight somebody because he's afraid of them all right it's the same same situation here right okay
3: go ahead but the facts at the time i put him in were good ones and he just failed at the time donald trump told us the vaccines were going to work, he was advised by medical people that they would indeed prevent infection, they would indeed prevent transfer.
4: That's what he was told. He was, he was advised by an establishment hack. Well, and well, he
5: put alex yeah, yeah, you can and say
3: that all you god want, leaves. but I didn't hear you saying it at the time. Not only that, I didn't hear anybody saying it at the time. The Rob Fauci Joe was, Podcast. At, was com. treated like he was some sort of a guru and a god of medical science and, and viruses. So I didn't hear anybody saying that at the time. And that's the only thing you can go on. Real
0: fast, Stop that. If any of my listeners would like to, if they have the old podcast or if Kevin would like to look him up himself, if you want to give him the podcast of where I was talking about this while Donald Trump was president, please send it to Kevin because I was talking about it, Kevin. That's the premise of my show. You got to do your homework before you go debate somebody publicly. Go ahead.
3: He knew at the time. In I addition, at the time. You, you said that you had a whole list of things that Trump didn't do, and if Trump did nothing, he accomplished nothing in office. Now, let's no, get I off COVID. No, let's get he, off COVID. No- you claim Trump accomplished nothing while he was in office.
4: I said he got nothing done. Got, no, no,
3: that's, done. that's the same thing. That's the same thing as accomplishing nothing. Don't Don't try to mince words. Accomplishing oh, nothing oh. and getting nothing done are the same thing. So he got nothing done
4: while he was in office. That's your claim? He got nothing done structurally.
3: What's what's no, wait, now we're adding words? Well, well, let's keep adding words. Thing. What does structurally
4: mean? Structurally means he did not limit the power of the federal government. He expanded it. He sent money out all over the world for COVID. He issued. It Here we go, COVID dollars. again. Four,
3: Why don't you fixate yourself four. on COVID some more? You said Trump didn't accomplish. Well, well, you did, know, didn't Kevin, you said Trump didn't get anything done? Then when I said that's your claim, you said, "Oh, structurally, Trump didn't get anything done. Trump got more done." In his presidency, with all resistance against him, than any president in my lifetime. Much more done.
4: And left, and left the country through mail-in ballots and COVID to Joe Biden. Now this is what we get. Trump, Trump can't do anything way, about mail-in ballots. What, what, where do you think we live Kevin, he said that the election system was rigged when he was running in 2016, and did nothing to fix it while he was the. What's president? he going to do? do you
3: think he has any responsibility? Well, wait a What's he going to do? the, what? the president, to you, you don't,
4: you don't understand something here.
3: Presidents aren't dictators, except when they're Biden. Trump had no power to change the election, none whatsoever.
4: Trump has a, a, a responsibility to lead the American people, Kevin. What what does that mean? What does lead lead the the American
0: American people mean? Now I can explain what lead the American people means, because apparently Kevin doesn't understand with uh, the difference between between uh, correcting the um, the infringement on rights and then leading the American people to do their. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Okay, this is the this is the theme. You would have to go out and say, listen, you have to change your election system. People, you must get involved. You must get involved in the conversation. You must be out there and you must be visible and you must make sure that the people that are running the elections in your local town or in your state, these have to be elections that can be verified and you must have trust in them because if we don't have trust in our elections, we don't have freedom anymore your elect- you the people running the, the show for you are being hand picked by the corporations they spend the money they put these politicians in charge and then the politicians work for the corporations they don't work for you oh, the rob I carter show be a yeah. i don't know what i do
5: without you baby sr
1: One Sundays. sr One Sundays. The Rob Carter Show. Love you.
0: Yeah. See it? I can see it. It's beautiful. I think that every time people think of Kevin Slayton from now forward, they're going to hear this song and they're going to picture him dancing around his house just like in Risky Business, the Tom Cruise scene. Can you see it? Seriously, <laughs> he's got the he's got the American flag socks. He's super patriot, and I'm with him. I agree, I, I believe that that's the case. Mm-hmm. The Make America Great Again hat and just grooving to this backwards. song, just feeling it. Yeah, backwards. He looks like a yeah for sure. All right, let me, we got to get back into this because we got to finish this up. And we, you told me we were going to spend too much time on Kevin Slayton. and, And I, I'm so, I'm so, for me, we just have to change the discourse. We can start here in St. Louis because this is the show me state. So we'll start right here in Missouri and we will begin a, we'll begin challenging people to have conversations. I will challenge anybody who disagrees with me, whether you're a caller, whether you're on St. Louis radio, if you're a media personality of any sort, you are welcome to come in and banter about with me for two hours. Just reach out to us at SR1. You can reach out to the Rob show host at gmail.com. the Rob show host at gmail.com, And that is spelled with two B's. And we'll have you on. I want to have the conversation with people. It is not about winning. It's about perspective and understanding perspective so that we can unite as a country. You know there's a lot of families out there that are separated because of what went down with COVID. There are a lot of people out of work wondering how they're going to take care of their families because the corporations gobbled everything up. And when they gobble everything up, they take your voice away. You can't talk anymore. You're in the corporation, so you got to walk the corporate line with the ESG scores and the Pride Month and the whole thing. You have you, your, your voice as a conservative is gone because you have to have a paycheck to support your family. And God knows I understand it. I'm just saying it shouldn't be this way. Let's get back into this conversation with Kevin Slayton. Go
4: ahead, Phil. Do what we get. Trump, Trump can't do anything
3: way. about mail-in ballots. What, what, where do you think we live?
4: Kevin, he said that the election system was rigged when he was running in 2016 and did nothing to fix it while he was the What's president? he going to do? Do think he has any responsibility? Well, wait a minute. What's he going to do? going to rally the what? American the
3: people. president – you, you, you don't understand something here. Presidents aren't dictators except when they're Biden.
4: Trump had no power to change the election. None whatsoever. Trump has a, uh, a responsibility to lead the American people, Kevin. What does that mean? What does lead the the American American people people mean?
3: You're telling me he didn't lead the American people? He led us to the greatest economic success we've had in 25, 30 years. What do you mean he didn't lead the American people? He can't change. He can't universally wave a magic wand and say, by the way,
4: you'll vote the way I tell you to vote. That doesn't work in this country. I don't know where you got that idea. I think uh, you are working within a system that is clearly corrupt. And if you're working in a clearly corrupt system, you have to rally the American people to fix their own system at the state and local level. He did not do that.
3: What do you mean he did did not not do do that? that. Wait, Donald Trump has no no power over state and local elections whatsoever. No president does. Where do you You get this
4: information? You don't think he has the responsibility to rally the American people to make sure they have a fair... and What, what do you mean he
3: has the responsibility to system? rally the American people? Where does it say anything about that in any document in the history That's of this country? one of country? my favorites. No, he has no responsibility to Me rally too. the American people. He has the responsibility to go ahead and run for office if he wants to run. And he, as he runs, he has a responsibility to be honest, tell us the truth, and then follow through on his promises. I think that beep... But this I, other... I, I think Just that's either his
0: wife or his family talking. saying Get out of the conversation. Get out of the conversation as fast as you can. Somebody's calling him saying, Zip it. You'd almost bet on it, right? Somebody is contacting him saying enough, Donald Kevin. Trump rally. has no
3: power over state and local elections. No president does. If he did, he would have changed all of those states' elections. Who has the power? The states do the localities right. the do do, think, do, you think, do you think do you think do you think Donald Trump has say so over what happens in St Charles County's elections I think Donald Trump No has answer the question answer the question do you think, think ref- do you think the I president think- has any power over how St Charles County Missouri conducts their elections
4: no, I think he has to go to the people and make sure that they put pressure on the representatives to make sure we have a fair election.
3: Oh, So it's his responsibility to somehow make sure a, it's that it's every county in America, America has a fair election. So Donald Trump in then, and any president for that matter, should in his four years in office work every single minute of every single day on making sure that every county has a fair election. Because that's how With long it would take him to try to accomplish that, and he would go nowhere in accomplishing it. Those so state and local elections state. are run by state and local authorities, not by the
4: president. But it, is, but it is the most important thing in our republic right now, right, is to have an election that, that actually is fair. Well, that I doesn't,
3: mean, you think that, that you doesn't think matter. Wait a minute. Your period. claim is...
4: Doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> He's on record. Can we cut that up? Yeah, when I do my piece on with with him and, and the song, can we put that in there? Because not be now, mm-hmm. Kevin doesn't even care about the elections. Doesn't even matter. Doesn't even even matter. though Trump, the guy that he loves led a million people to Washington, D.C. in protest of a rigged election and then c- claimed the election was rigged since, nothing fundamentally has changed within our election system. But Kevin doesn't even care because I don't know why. Go ahead.
3: The Trump got nothing done, all right? I'm not interested in what's important in elections. You said he got nothing done. <laughs> I love now it. Now you've been shot down at every turn. What me. else didn't he do? Because I can read you a list of things that he did.
4: Kevin, the, the biggest thing for me is COVID. COVID changed the entire operation. Well,
3: I don't I mean, care about Trump's your campaign biggest campaign thing for you. You, said, made, the claim, you, made, you was, made the claim that Donald Trump got nothing
4: done. That's a lie. I said he got nothing structurally done. That's what That's I said. Mean. That's a lie. Well, what structurally did he get done? Structurally, well, your, your interpretation of structurally
3: means, well, I mean, mean, about, means the, means the, 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 wide the, open the federal deficit, I suppose. My, my, my opinion of structurally means are we better off under Donald Trump's four years than we were before he took can you, office. Can you pause it there? In I the just can't answer
0: that. We're better off. Yeah. And are we better off? I mean, does it feel like we're better <laughs> off right now? See, that's what you got to understand is structurally means that you're setting a precedent and you're you're putting uh, legislation in play that will allow the country to continue down a certain path. If you just touch it, it's like putting a Band-Aid on it. It doesn't really, it doesn't solve the problem. It just covers it up for a minute. And then eventually... That scab is going to come undone again, which is exactly what happened here. That's why I mentioned the border. If Donald Trump's coming to protect the border, you have to put legislation in play that says, listen, you cannot cross this border or you will be rounded up and put in prison if you want to get serious. I don't want a wall. Phil, I do not want a wall because I I want to be able to get out of here when things get crazy. So I don't want a wall. I'm against the wall. I'm 100 percent against the wall. So I don't like the, the building the wall idea. All I'm saying is you have to control immigration into your country. And Donald Trump had four years to get the American people to say, we will no longer have our borders wide open, have people cross our country. We don't know where they're going. We don't know what these kids, what's going on with the kids. We don't know. We just don't have any idea what is happening in our country when you have mass illegal immigration. So we want a system that is organized. That's all. And Donald Trump, again, did not do that. And you can make all the excuses for him that you want in the world. And I understand that he had everybody fighting against him and all this other stuff. But he did not get it done. And he said he was going to get it done. You just have to look at the outcome. You can't just listen to the rhetoric. Go ahead.
3: Here's to the time he was out of office. The answer is no. resoundingly yes. Everyone Absolutely was better not. off in every possible way. Financially, employability, low unemployment, lowest unemployment, highest employment in every gender and every ethnicity across the board. That is, if that's not structurally, then I don't know what you're talking
4: about. You can look at every president in the last 30 years and you look up their accomplishments and they're going to say the exact same thing. You just believe it because it's Donald Trump. What are you You
3: talking about? Donald Trump hasn't, I just, all I just did was state facts to you. It doesn't matter who the president was. If the, if there's the there's the lowest unemployment in White history. No, no, stop again. Stop again. If the lowest. Un-
0: he didn't like that. It's like calling your child ugly. I've, I've really yeah. offended him
3: now. He didn't like that. Unemployment <laughs> in history. Your kid, exists. Your kid's not good. The highest employment in history exists. The highest employment across the board for genders and ethnicities exists. Whoever that president is accomplished that has nothing to do with being Donald Trump. Did he or did he not accomplish those things that I just identified? Did he? Well, that's what that's, did that's he what or did he not? Says. That's a yes or no. Well, that's what his administ- Did he or did he not? Yes or no is the only answer I'm looking for. <laughs> did he or did he not? Did No, not did he or did he not.
4: Yes or no? Uh, I don't believe that he did, no.
3: Oh, you don't. Uh, was, un- was unemployment the lowest it's ever been at 3.5%? Um, I think you can. Mis- was it or wasn't it? Yes or no, Kevin. Yes or no. Was it or wasn't it? Was it or wasn't it? Was it, or wasn't it Three point five percent. The the data. The was, was it or was it not? Three point five percent. The answer is yes. No matter what you say, the answer is yes. Did did the uh, black community and, community and Hispanic community and females have the highest employment numbers ever in history? The answer is yes or no, and the answer to that is yes. So, therefore, as the economy hummed along with lower tax rates, did every American get a break on their taxes? The answer, yes. That all happened under Donald Trump. And now they're paying with it. And that happens to be the guy who gets credit for it. If it happened under Bozo the Clown, Bozo the Clown would get credit for it. Don't fall back on the liberal argument, oh, you only think it was great because it was Donald Trump. Knock it off. Certainly you have more than that.
0: If I give you a 10% break on taxes and inflation is up 20%, I would ask you, because you're a math wizard, I think. Aren't you some form of uh, mathematician? Sure. I believe that if you look at the position that we are in now, we are not better off than when Donald Trump took office. We are worse off. It's just being blamed on Joe Biden. But Donald Trump, as I say later on in this, spent $8 trillion, not on the lie in Iraq, but the lie right here in the United States, based around COVID, which he seems to just completely dismiss, that everybody in the country was walking around with two masks and standing on dots and fighting with their family and losing their jobs and shutting down the churches—that to him was just bad medical advice from Doctor. Darth Fauci and means absolutely nothing. We're all past it. It could never happen again because Donald Trump's coming back with the red cape and the playing cards to save the day. Go ahead.
3: I would hope. It Otherwise, it you're it wasting it all of our time, which you probably are it, anyway. Ouch. By yes, the way, that, that hurts. By the way, Donald Trump. The nev- By the way, Donald Trump did not give he the presidential uh, 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 freedom medal. To anthony fauci there was a commendation that was given to about 25 35 50 people uh, for operation warp speed <laughs> that's what that was about <laughs> i love this. that it's was a not a medal of freedom sure. you acted as though donald trump gave fauci the medal of freedom he did not i just look at it this way kevin if you're the president
0: what was the email that kevin could send an apology to i don't think he's going to apologize i don't think it's within kevin to apologize i think because okay. th- even, even when he recognizes that he's wrong he could, he, go, he blows right past it.
4: Play on. You'll hear it. Okay. I know how you look at it, but you make oh, it up. No, but I'm just saying, well, there's a lot of people like me that, that you look at the president. Well, there's the there's States no
3: question there's a lot like, of dumb people in you? this country. I've, I've not argued there weren't a lot of dumb people in this country. Well, well, that hits me in the soul. Kevin,
4: you can say that all you want, but that's ridiculous.
3: <laughs> I just gave you <laughs> the facts. No, let me tell you what's ridiculous, all right? You've you you called in here, and you have wasted our time by making one stupid comment after another. That's a waste of time. Now, I allowed you to waste our time to prove to you just how deadly wrong you were and how unbelievably biased against trump you are and that's fine you got your say but when you start but spouting why- lies i don't accept lies and the facts are what i cited those are facts. Those are not opinions. Well, well, those are facts. You lied well, about Trump giving Fauci a presidential freedom award. He did not. No, I didn't. That's a lie. I didn't say that. That's I a lie. Now, so you need to stop lying here. And and the and really the, the end is the, the end of this conversation is now because you claimed okay. that he got nothing accomplished. I just rattled off several of those accomplishments and I left off the Abraham Accords. I left off the fact that we were never at war. I left off the fact that he uh, All right. That's enough time for him. Wait a minute. Were we he, in he, Afghanistan?
0: He, no, I yeah. want him to hear the ukraine you want to the, oh
3: okay Here yeah we go. You want and to keep by going? the
0: way we we're war in afghanistan under donald trump just That's so everybody right. remembers
3: stopped isis in its tracks i left off the fact that he destroyed terrorist leaders everywhere i left off the fact that the world was at peace thanks to trump those are all trump's accomplishments but i could go on but why would i bore people with that it's simple those are facts
4: do i get to respond <laughs> you got two minutes kevin he gave a medal of commendation. I didn't say anything about a freedom medal. I don't even know where you Get got it. Get to that. the accomplishments,
3: please. Liar. Otherwise, we're not rehashing what you said. Call me a liar three times. Well, Kevin, if
4: you, if you, the accomplishments, the vast majority that you want to give are uh, economic, correct? No, I wouldn't say that
3: Abraham Lincoln is economic list at all. I wouldn't say that world
4: peace is economic at all. I wouldn't
3: say that international respect right among now. all the yeah. nations with the, for the United States was economic at all. And all the economic uh, credits do go to Trump. Yes, there's plenty of those.
4: Well, he added eight trillion dollars to the debt. Ouch! That happened more than any. That any, happened any because he had because history. he had
3: to. He signed a bill that he said he would never sign again, but he had to get it done in order to get some of the things that needed to be done for the military. That's what he had to do. Keep in mind, the debt had to go up because he had to ensure military safety for this country. The military was at an all-time low in readiness, in weaponry, and in every possible way it could be. It was at an all-time low. Would you have been happy to
4: save a few trillion dollars and have us susceptible to the enemy? I wouldn't. I don't think there is an enemy. I think there's a boogeyman that we sell to the American people on a day-to-day basis. Okay, there's no enemy. We send it to military. Ask the Ukrainians if there's an enemy. Ask the Ukrainians if there's an enemy ask the ukrainians if there's an enemy and the billions of dollars we're sending over there that biden's sending you think that's a good idea
3: how do you get that out of what i just asked you i said ask the ukrainians if if there's an enemy enemy. is is there an enemy that the ukrainians are facing today do you think that that nato no no no, again you you confuse questions with you answering a question with a question is there is there an enemy that the ukrainians are
4: facing you claim that we have no enemies is there an enemy that the Ukrainians I think, I think are facing? Ameri- I think the Ukrainian enemy is the United States uh, Intelligence agencies. Oh,
0: really? That's perfect. So uh, we can end it there because then he gets into China's the enemy and this and the other. And I'll address that in the final segment of the evening. But you start to get a sense of where Kevin Slayton is at. Kevin Slayton believes that the press lies about Donald Trump routinely. But the information that comes from that press with the economic achievements and all of the data that he cites comes from the same place that started a war rock on a lie that sold you covid on a lie they sell lies routinely every day that's what the media does but then he cites the information from that same media as though it's fact you cannot be, we'll be right serious back, final segment of the evening on this glorious sunday night the rob carter show the rob carter show Do you think Kevin Slayton is excited for this presentation that we're putting on? <laughs> Do you think that he, when he listens back to this, he's going, man, I crucified him. This guy has no chance against my debating skills. Do you think that's what's going on? I don't know. He might. Maybe, yeah. I want to finish up because I know you, you said at the very beginning, you said, don't give the guy too terribly much time. Do your thing. And I'm like, well, I really want to make an example of the way Kevin is doing things and... I want to hear the end of the conversation because he gets into Ukraine. He gets into China being the enemy. And, you know, for listeners of the show, you know that I have a little bit different perspective on all that. And I want to explain it very quickly. And then I want to answer some of his questions because on his show, he says, I like Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I like what he's saying. And I'm like, well, are you listening to what he's saying? Because everything that you attacked me with. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has a different opinion. And I want to play some of these conversations that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. We're going to call him Kennedy from now on because it's too tongue-twisting to say Robert F. Kennedy Jr. every time. So we're going to call him Kennedy. We are going to play clips from Kennedy in some of these podcast interviews where he addresses all of the things that Kevin says is absolutely ridiculous. We can't even talk about it. It's absurd. I, King, Kevin, Kevin slayton know all of the answers and for you to give me any other opinion is ridiculous because i have as he says the facts those are the facts that the establishment gives me and then i recite so go ahead let's just finish this up and then we'll uh we'll, we'll play some robert f kennedy jr with problem,
3: question with a question is the there politics. is there an enemy that the ukrainians are facing you claim that we have no
4: enemies is there an enemy that the I ukrainians think, think are think facing the Ameri- i think the ukrainian enemy is the united states uh, intelligence agencies oh
3: really the, yeah. the same United States that funnels hundreds of billions of dollars
4: to the Ukrainians. We're their enemy. Yes, well, that well, one. V- well, Victoria Nuland says they have biological weapons factories along the border of Russia. I would think that would make Russia very concerned, wouldn't you? I don't think Russia is concerned
3: about Ukraine at all, other than they're going to take them over. And that's how this is going to well, end.
4: Well, if they are putting biological laboratories on their on their border, I would think they would be concerned with it. You'd think who would be, be concerned with what? Would you be concerned if Russia was putting biological That's not the question the here. Order?
3: The question was, you said we have no enemies. And I said, ask Ukraine if they have an enemy.
4: We. I got news for you. Russia is Ukraine's enemy. Agencies.
3: Russia is Ukraine's enemy. China is okay. our enemy. If you don't think China's our enemy, okay. you're de- hopelessly okay. delusional. You understand that? You, me,
4: you're hopelessly yes, delusional. I'm hopelessly delusional. Let me give you one more. If China is our enemy... And Dr. Fauci was using gain-of-function research.
1: All
3: right, China, goodbye.
0: That's that enough. Was That's out. enough. We We're answer? done. He oh, you, you won't there. answer That's perfect. me. So he wouldn't answer, and then he gets me off the phone, calls me a liberal, which I guess is a derogatory term, and he calls me a liberal, and then he just moves on and explains to his audience what he just babbled through for 27 minutes.
4: Oh, he's loving it now. Yeah. Feel it, Kevin? You feel it? Yeah.
0: I can see him dancing, I can tell you. I feel it. I can can actually see it in my brain. But anyway, the reason I want to address these two particular points is because he asked about Ukraine, and then he said, you know, China's the enemy. I was in China. I've said it a million times, when COVID was actually, the propaganda was beginning, I was in China. So I watched the people falling down in the streets from COVID, which never really materialized that way. So you know it was propaganda that was organized between the Chinese government and the American government. It was organized. That's how you know it was a planned event from the very beginning. But just to make a quick point, because I want to get to Robert F. Kennedy Jr., he says that China is our enemy. And then he defends Trump for putting Fauci up in front of everybody. Dr. Fauci was doing research in China, the Wuhan lab, if you want to, you know, if you the China virus, the whole thing. So if Dr. Fauci and his organization is doing research in China with biological weapons Are they really our enemy? Does that make any sense to you that if somebody in the medical community is doing research with our sworn enemy with biological weapons, that that person wouldn't be held accountable? Donald Trump, as you remember, he didn't get a Medal of Freedom, as I was accused of saying, but he did get a Medal of Commendation from Donald Trump one day before he left office. Now, let me get to Ukraine. Because what I tried to explain to Kevin is that Victoria Newland went before Congress. She was answering Marco Rubio, tiny hands Marco Rubio, uh, about biological. I say they're weapons, but they're biological laboratories on the border of Russia in Ukrainian territory. And how would Russia feel? So I, my, my contention is the American Intel agencies are aligned with the puppets in our government and they create problems around the world that make us go build military equipment. Uh, We have to fund all of these operations around the world because we are the policemen of the world. What people don't recognize that could potentially be happening is it is our own intelligence agencies that cause these problems that we have to fund and fix with our taxpayer dollars. That's the problem that I see that nobody seems to want to have a conversation about. Kevin just completely dismissed it. I want you to hear it. This is the uh, problem 996. It's, It's part of the problem is the name of this podcast. The guy that does it is Dave Smith. I don't even know the guy, but I saw this on YouTube. And I think this is a terrific interview that he gives with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And I just found a clip where Kennedy is talking about ukraine the very ex- exact conversation i was having with kevin slayton so i want to play this uh, clip number
5: two eight go and with with russia which they're very open about that is the aspiration the neocons so they have her on a telephone you know that was recorded choosing the next cabinet when we overthrow when the when the government gets overthrown russia then You put yourself, my uncle always said, you got to put yourself into the shoes of the adversary. Uh, Russia then says, okay, there's a U.S. government, there's a U.S. (laughs) created government now in Ukraine on our border. The Russians are worried about Ukraine because they've been invaded three times through Ukraine. And the last time they were invaded in World War II, Hitler invaded through Ukraine and killed one out of every seven Russians. Right. 13% Thirteen percent of the of the country was killed. So as that continues on, what he's trying
0: to describe, and I'm going to bring her name. I brought her name up in the piece with Kevin, Victoria Newland. So Victor, he talks about Victoria Newland in this. He says the United States spent billions of dollars creating strife. In Ukraine, And then we have a video recording of this woman, Victoria Newland, and she's married to the club school members. She's a part of the entire operation, from my perspective. Um, We have a uh, taped conversation where she is basically picking the cabinet of the Ukrainian government. So if you're Russia and you see the American government uh, putting puppet governments in charge of Ukraine, and then you have biological weapons factories along the border, doesn't it make sense that if you are... If you are working on the uh, if you're working for Russia, if you're Vladimir Putin, doesn't that make you say, wait a minute here, just a minute? You know, we have people that are saying they're our sworn enemy and they're in. They're getting really close to our border when they said they wouldn't. Uh, This was a George W. Or a George H. W. Bush commitment that they wouldn't. NATO would not be on the doorstep of Russia. Now they're violating all of these agreements uh, and, and putting biological weapons factories along the border. And I look at Russia and say, you know, whether this is an organized deal or not, Russia's got to be looking at that saying, hey, that's not cool. You know, you're getting too close to our border. You're putting puppet governments uh, um, right on our border, American governments right on our border, and then starting problems. Uh, We have to address that situation. And that's what I was trying to get across to Kevin, but apparently he didn't want to hear it. Now, let me move over to because I want to I want to get the Victoria Nuland where he mentions Victoria Nuland. Uh, so this is Robert F. Kennedy. This is the same podcast. Again, I'm going to give this guy credit because I thought it was a great interview. Dave Smith, and the name of his show is called Part of the Problem. Then he has got 996 on the end of it. I don't know what that means. Uh, but here he is talking about, this is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. We're going to call him Kennedy Moving Forward. This is him talking about Victoria Nuland.
5: I mean, just to go through some of the history. Oh, sure. In, um, in 2014, the Ukraine had a democratically elected government, Yanukovych. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was that was neutral, but very open and welcoming to the rush. And, uh, and, and we overthrow that. let me put it this way. We spent five billion dollars creating protest movements to fund protest movements over there that ended in 2014 with the overthrow of that government. Yes. And it's unclear how much America, the United States government, was orchestrating the actual violent part of that that happened at the very end. But we do know that Victoria Nuland, who was one of the neocons, has been around since, you know, forever, since the Iraq war. real deal neocon, Robert Kagan's wife, the founder of Project for New American Century,
0: like real high-level neocon. Yeah, and these are the
5: people who got us into Iraq. Yes. So, you know, they went into Iraq. It was an $8 trillion mistake. Now, I just want to make
0: a point because what he said was they had to they had to refurbish the military because that was the mantra coming out of the establishment, that the military didn't have socks to wear. It was like 1910, and we, we couldn't survive because our we have nuclear bombs that can destroy the planet. But we needed new, fresh military equipment from the military industrial complex. And Donald Trump, being the savior of the planet that he is, had to create this money so that the military industrial complex could make more weapons because everybody knows we don't need homes for people people that are living on the street and we don't need to tackle drug addiction in this country and we don't need to tackle the lying press and we don't need to tackle all of the strife that is going on around the world what we need to do is create more weapons for Lockheed Martin and some of these people that's what Kevin believes and he thinks Donald Trump did a great thing by creating eight trillion dollars of additional debt by funding this operation this is this is his position I seem to disagree with it as you might expect now I want to play one more clip now this is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. talking about the medical establishment, okay, because they have been lying to the American people for a long time. If you remember, if you're old enough, if you're in your 60s, 70s, don't you remember everybody on television smoking cigarettes, and then when they went to commercial, it was the cigarette industry that was funding everything. That's why everybody in Hollywood all smoked cigarettes. Everybody thought it was cool. Well, my mom died of lung cancer. So I don't think it's cool that my mom thought it was cool when she was 13 to start smoking cigarettes and eventually it took her life. No more than I appreciate this new medical community of liars telling everybody to go out and get gene therapies in their arm for something they don't know anything about and they didn't need. I don't know if anybody needed it, but I guarantee you that the vast majority of people that took these vaccinations, these gene therapies, did not need them. So let me play this clip from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I'm going to call him Kennedy eventually. I'm just getting in the habit of it's calling coming. him coming. It's coming. I'm going to make it work. But I want to play this clip where he explains how disingenuous the medical community is that, again, Kevin Slayton thinks is perfectly fine and that Donald Trump shouldn't ask any questions. If Fauci comes in and says, shut down America, we shut it down because Dr. Darth Fauci says so. This is Kevin pos- Kevin's position, I believe. Uh, here is Kennedy talking about just the medical community attached to our government throughout the years.
5: And you know, the, the experts disagreed about many things in the modern era about smoking cigarettes. You know, uh, doctors recommended it for many years. <laughs> X-rays, um, you know, X-raying pregnant women, right. which was, you know, causing all these cancers and every doctor was supporting it. Thalidomide, Vioxx, opioids, the entire regulatory distru- superstructure was saying opioids are not, you know, oxycodone is not addictive. Yeah. All the doctors, you know, people say "Oh, I have to trust my doctor all the doctors were saying that I got the, I
0: have friends of mine and most people around my age I'm 40 a lot of people around my age know this I, I have friends of mine who became drug addicts because they in the 90s. They were just prescribing opioids yeah. like crazy It was just like whatever some it happened to me Okay, and he goes on. So this is what I mean about the the medical community that Kevin Slayton thinks that Donald Trump had no It just it's a we have the black plague coming even though he's giving rallies in front of all these people standing shoulder to shoulder. We have the Black Plague coming, and the only person that can solve it is Mike Pence, the little wooden boy, and uh, Dr. Fauci and the scarf lady. We have to listen to them. We can take no other information from anybody else. I look at these things, and I say, wait a minute. When you are in charge of something, you have to be the bottom line. You have to be the final advocate for the people you're supposed to represent. Well, that would be Donald Trump. So if you just say that he had no choice because they would have crucified him, then i say that he should have been crucified that should have been the that should have been the position that he takes that would be leadership which kevin doesn't seem to understand either he's like leadership what do you mean leadership what do you mean rally the people what does that mean well, it means that you take a leadership role. You say, listen, I can't constitutionally do anything here because it's a state's right. But you people in Arizona, you people in Michigan, you people in Georgia, you people in Pennsylvania, you people in Wisconsin, you have a democratic system within your states that has the ability to steal the election because of COVID in the mail-in ballots. You must be aware. You must, have the, you must have a system in place to protect your election system or it's ripe for theft. That's what rallying the American people would do. And then you should go to Wisconsin and you should go to Michigan and you should give rallies, not about voting for Donald Trump, but protecting the vote so that we all understand that the election that we just had was legitimate. Does that seem like too much to ask? Not at all. You know what I mean? I don't. People like Kevin frustrate me because I think they, they get themselves backed up into a corner and they would rather come out like a, like a, like a wounded animal and fight you on something they don't understand. Versus just listening to a conversation, say, well, I see it this way. You see it that way, you know, and have a uh, have a legitimate conversation. I think it's funny, too, by the way, I'm talking about cigarettes. And here you are. You got you got your cigarettes. You get ready to get down. Oh, yeah. With your cig- <laughs> And you're a perfectly fit guy. That's what's so funny about. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you another thing. My, so my mom dies of lung cancer. My aunt died at 86, 87, 88 years old, and she smoked up up until the day she died. So it's like anything else. I bring that up because cigarettes have a destructive force on many people that smoke them and not others. Same with these medicines. You cannot say go out and take these medications without ever recognizing that it could have a damaging impact on some people. But if you tell everybody to take it then the some people that didn't need it are going to be affected kevin you are welcome on my show anytime i I hope i didn't say anything to necessarily offend you i wanted to poke some fun at the way you handled me on your show because i thought it was disrespectful and i think as an american patriot which you claim to be and i believe that you are you should start having conversations with people that disagree with you and do it in a little bit more of a gentlemanly fashion i believe that is your obligation if you're going to influence people on the airwaves in St. Louis. Have a great weekend, everybody.
2: The Rod oh, Carter Show. Stick. This
0: is SR1.